0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Your Money Your Life Podcast, episode 84. As always, I thank you for joining us on this journey of over 84 consecutive weeks, consecutive episodes. We cannot stop Team News Shoot. So I thank you. Make sure you five-star rate, subscribe, and review, and support the podcast in any way possible. Of course, let's talk about the news. A lot of awesome things going on in the news today. Roundtable, we're gonna discuss, you know, if something's too good be true, if an opportunity, an investment, Something's things to be true, there's a lot of stories of scams going out there, so I want to address it shortly, um, and the question of the week, as always. So again, thank you for listening to the show, and I hope you enjoy it. All right, what's in the news this week? Let's start with our market update, and we've pretty much been seeing it week after week. The S&P, the NASDAQ, the Dow, all major indexes that are starting to hit highs at all-time highs, and they keep re- regurgitating those all-time highs as the market kind of truds forwards. We've gotten rid of some of the the big things that was holding the market back. We're not rid of, but there's more calm. There's more certainty around you know, COVID, the vaccine showing to and proving to be the biggest answer. And so the peak of those cases and a lot of the hot spot areas are starting to roll over. You're seeing what the Fed spoke about last couple of weeks ago uh, which really just assured the market's market push higher um, on the emphasis of Jerome Paul saying they need to see more strong jobs out of before they would unwind any bond unwind any bond buying or, or any of the measures that they can employ to kind of take uh, some ease these policies. But so you're seeing growth actually come back into play a lot here and all the indexes are kind of in line with each other as we're pushing past into the next half of the year. So it's really just been a great, Great opportunity for for people, and, and especially my clients, who have invested in the markets to see appreciation at, at the right pace. Um, and we'll talk about that longer down the line, but let's more move into broader news. So something that's quite interesting is we talk about New Street Ventures Group, talking about different things going on in the private early stage market. Saw a Crunchbase article and talking about how the, the burgeoning growth in the early stage markets of the first quarter of 2021, uh, startup funding um, was actually really, really impressive. There was over 72 billion put into seed through tech to growth stage rounds in the North America in the first quarter of 2021, according to just Crunchbase based data. Um, so that's a, a lot. That's the highest amount they've ever seen. It was more than double a year ago. And investments also rose 57% from Q4, uh, as well, so it's just a huge growth in investing. People are putting money to work um, in equities and private investments, seed, and they're just staying away from you know safe investments. They're just having cash. They're they're staying away from that and they're putting their money to work. And that's what I've we're seeing across the markets and in droves since you know a year and a half ago since the bottom of the market. There's just money being poured into the economy. There is extra liquidity. So that's something interesting to watch about what's happening on those early stage markets. Um, Hurricane Ida, obviously prayers to everyone that is being affected, has been affected in New York. We had a a bit of a a storm here last night, but it's affecting people. Hurricane Ida touched down the Gulf Coast on Sunday. It was a category four hurricane, and, and category five is obviously the highest. Um, but it's really been affecting people. You've seen electricity or gas. These impacts of hurricanes and, and rest, again, prayers to the people that are affected. It has life, year-long impact, years-long impacts, not just a few weeks. The storm itself could be a day, a couple days, a few days. But the impact and the destruction is felt for much longer time period. Um, and that's something that you, know, you pray and hope everyone is okay from that. In a little bit of lighter news, Apple is continuing its wallet takeover with the virtual driver's license. So obviously, you know, the Apple wallet, you can store cards in there, your your boarding pass for plane tickets, all those things. And now they're moving over to driver's license, which I love. I feel so cool boarding a plane and just putting my phone to the reader and they have my boarding pass. Versus having to pull out the paper, you look so archaic, you look so old. Um, I look so cool going to the register Pressing the button, Face ID. Oh, boom! It scans my card rather than you have cash. If you under, 20, if you're under thirty, if you're under, excuse me, if you're under forty, please do not carry cash. And in, in this day and age, um, that's just crazy to me. It's, you know, we're doing cashless, and I like what Apple is doing with this. You scan your license with your phone, and it'll put you in to their verification system. Um, and it's really, really cool. This is sort of technology that you're seeing a lot of these companies employ. Um, going forward. So I think that's really, really awesome to see that. Um, And now moving over to other news, we're seeing an increased expectation and increased use of NFTs. So NFTs are back. NFTs are all the rage. And now you're seeing sports stars, influencers embrace the ability to unlock their opportunity in the fan economy, the creator economy. NFTs are being minted by a lot of these stars um, it's just a way to unlock, you know, more potential. These digital assets that people are craving online um, are now soaring again. And we've talked about it last week. You know, you said Snoop Dogg, Paris Hilton, Edward Snowden, all watching NFTs, Simone Biles. Um, and it's just something that's not gonna stop. OpenSea, one of the biggest marketplace platforms for NFTs, only takes 2.5% cut in comparison to a lot of other platforms that take 10% or above. OnlyFans is 20%, Substack is 10 YouTube is 45%. So a lot of these large, fan base creators are using that as a way to increase income and do it in a, in a, in a much more um, profitable way for them, right? Um, so that's really, really interesting to watch. Something that's not so fun, you're seeing that this, seeing reports of the Social Security Trust Fund will run out of money in 12 years. So obviously, you know, Social Security, um, which you all pay for in your, your paychecks, um, that's something that's will be paid out to people Later on in life, um, and that's looking like it's going to run out of money faster than normal, faster than expected. I think what you're going to see is the government prints more or cut or cut something across the board to be able to fund this for longer. Um, and the money's got to come from somewhere. So they they said that the COVID pandemic, the circumstances of the COVID pandemic, were shrinking payments, in, increased health costs, um, increased morbidity um, and death, um, obviously, is is another reason why. Um, So that's something that we have to keep our eyes on for those that are relying on that as part of their retirement plan. And you're seeing much, much more news um, with buy now, pay later platforms. You saw a firm get a big bid higher just based on the fact that amazon's going to partner with them that's a, an interesting tidbit i saw i'm not really that sure about these buy now pay later platforms i rarely use them um if somebody uses them out there let me know why you use it um, i think the only reason would be try to find some arbitrage opportunity but um, i don't know tell me if you use it let me know disney is reportedly looking to license its brands to major sports betting companies now all these sports betting companies burgeoning. They're growing. They're, they're having increased growth right now based on what's going on. People have excess to discretionary income. And now you're seeing Disney looking to capitalize on that. They're shopping around their brand for about $3 billion, which is incredible. And we'll see who takes them up on that. Fun stat of the week for the news. Well, this is not fun at all, but let's move over to SPACs. The SPAC popularity has grown obviously in, in, in droves over the last year and a half. But it's now showing that there's, it's the, the growth is coming back. It was kind of quelled, but the growth is coming back. But lawsuits have tripled. Short-selling firms have increased their positions in companies that went public via SPAC. Um, and a lot of SPACs tend to lose a third of their value per post-merger on average. Um, the biggest 50 SPACs have lost 20% of value in this year, which is showing you have to understand the reverse merger company uh fully and not just investing just because it's back um uh, but that's interesting news um again we had a quick quick news update today so we'll go over to the financial round table next gather around gather on folks for the financial round table we discuss topics and things that we see across the world. So this week, I wanted to just touch on something which I, I normally don't talk about. These things, uh, I, I think I did in the past, but because um, again, it falls on deaf ears mostly. But you know, I, I saw a couple of things. My dad forwarded me an um, article of someone running some some sort of Ponzi scheme in, in Minnesota. And I saw on social media some sort of someone being outed as, as reportedly pur- pur- scamming people, and then I had a couple of conversations with people who were looking to try to flip money quickly or just gain immediate wealth quickly without obviously doing any work or any sort of um, you know real (laughs) research diligence work. And it just had me think of, I have to go back and reiterate some certain tenets that people should try to live by. Again, your prerogative if you wanna take this advice or if you don't, but I do think it's important to know. Again, I've always said before, there is no way without being lucky to just flip money and get money easily or quickly. That's just not how I've ever seen anything done. If you can point to examples that are not luck, I'd love to see them, but no one ever has those. If people are telling you that they can promise you a certain thing or promise you a certain return or flip this for that, (laughs) you have to use discernment. And it's just so obviously not True, i've never promised anything and that's but everyone's seen appreciation because we do the right things over time but people one people prey on prosperity uh, and people a lot of people prey on the lack of people ability to want to work for something rather than just like trying to see something happen out of thin air which is never going to happen so those it's just super simple if people are promising you certain thing or you this promise that It's just not possible. And you have to understand that all these different things, when you're dealing with money, you have to have registrations, you have to have certifications, you have to have custodians, you have to have a lot of things that you have to be pretty, not looking for any signs to not tell if something's legit or not. So again, I just want people to be cognizant of this. There is no quick arbitrage way to flip something or to do something. If that was true, it wouldn't be someone with no capital doing it. If it was true, people with a lot of capital would have already filled that market and done it. People that a lot smarter, a lot more capital would have already done it if there was some sort of arbitrage that the market as a whole was missing or people were missing. But again, I know this will fall into fears for the most part, but try to use discernment, try to be careful because that's always going to be around, right? Like the reason why people attempt to do these things is because it's very easy to prey on people in, in certain areas. Um, as far as you know money looks well any of these things it's super easy to pray because everyone's trying to always do something in that area for themselves right so just be careful understand speak to me and i can tell you what's real what's not i've always been fully transparent um with everyone and that's 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 the way i go about things but please be careful and we will go to the question of the week next question of the week folks question of the week it's always relationship related but let's look at this i buy a house with my boyfriend the reader says because my credit isn't good enough what happens if something goes wrong in our relationship more background from the reader listener my partner and i have been together for three years we're talking about buying a house his credit will get us will will be what gets us a mortgage my credit won't Lenders won't consider me on the mortgage because my credit is poor from a messy split up from the next three years ago. Damn, <laughs> I don't wanna put myself in a bad situation in case something goes wrong in the relationship. I do, don't do want to buy a home with the person I love without having protections in place in case this goes sells. What can I do to safeguard myself? First, I would say the person has three choices. Obviously you wait until credit improves, which you can do through obviously hard work and doing different things to improve that. And put the house buying on hiatus or you can wait until you're married, or you can go ahead and do things now. I think if you do things now, one thing you can buy the property is joint tenants, which you each own 50%. And should one person pass, um, you cannot leave your half to a third party. It has to be um, to the other person. In, in tenants, in tenants in common though, same thing as having a brokerage account. You can have a brokerage account with someone, um, or you can have a tenants in common account with someone. And, You know intended to comment you can decide on your respective shares and leave your own share to a third party Uh, but you definitely want to have protections in place and one of them i think is you will need to make sure you have some sort of layout on how things are prior to entering into buying the house because you mentioned you could be left with nothing if you just kind of go in without being married because at this point um 10% 10% of home buyers are unmarried couples and, and over 60% are married couples. Um, and the rest are made up of single buyers according to a National Association of Realtors. So you just think you wanna put yourself in in a situation where if you split up, you understand the terms, especially if you split up on bad terms, because you wanna have everything fine printed and detailed out, or you could wait, wait until your credit improves, wait until you can be part, as part, have your name just up there as part of this whole journey is buying the home. So. Those are ways to look at it. I definitely hope this helps the reader slash listener. Um, and and thank you for Team New Street. We are you know going through another fun time. Uh, we're coming up with the two year anniversary of New Street Advice Group next, late next month. So we'll talk about what we can do for our two-year. We're looking to do some great things for the community, for our people. We've helped hundreds, hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of people across the country. Um, busy week for myself, CNBC, running to another podcast. Or we're, we're just growing our community. So we appreciate you sharing this with people that may need this help. And of course, we'll talk to you next week.